Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. We hope to dazzle you with our discussion while not being hurtful to the authors we feature. Success not guaranteed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'm here. Hi, I'm here too. Oh my God. Madam here we Brad. be. Here we be. <laughs> yeah, I just almost took my mouse and chucked it across the room because I have to unplug my mouse to use the microphone and I am constantly grabbing it to use it. Oh yeah. I'm all, damn it, if I grab this one more time, I'm cutting <laughs> off my own hand. Grab it to use it and then nothing happens. Yeah, multiple but, times. Uh-huh. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Sorry to be me. <laughs> and um, then you're right about my back. I shouldn't have moved my sofa because now my back hurts. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm just a freaking hot mess. <laughs> and then the dentist called me after I called them yesterday, and they told me we can't help you. They're like, we're ready to schedule your appointment for your TMJ consultation. I'm like, I just talked to you yesterday, and you said, screw you. I can't help you. It's like, get your story straight, yeah. goddammit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stop toying with me. If I wanted that, I'd still date. <laughs> yeah, God. I have a man if I wanted this in my life. This is sort of right. <laughs> insanity. Yes. So how are you? I'm great. I got caught up in reels on Instagram. So when you oh, check God. Instagram later, you'll probably have a shit ton that I sent you that I thought were hilarious. Okay, do you actually even look at the ones I sent you? Yes. Okay. Did you, <laughs> did you see the duck one? Yeah, I had seen that one the other day. Oh, of course. That yeah. was pretty funny. It is funny. So we're ready? Yes, we are. Let's do this. We're going to go blindly into that good night. No, we're not. We're going to go <laughs> blindly. <laughs> we don't want that. Don't do that. Into this podcast. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You have, you have too many reasons to live. <laughs> okay. If you hear moaning in the background, it's me because of my back. But it's all right. It's all good. <laughs> oh, for the days when you would blow your back out doing something fun. <laughs> oh, shut up. It's really sad because when you hit a certain age, that's all behind you. Uh, it's, all, it's all gone. Great. Now I get to tour museums. That's fun. <laughs> Who needs intimacy? <laughs> when you have Renaissance paintings. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Okay, well, since we're both on a hot one, let's do it. All right. I just want to say before we start that this episode is coming out on Wednesday. Yes. Not So now we're no longer releasing on Mondays. We're going to release on Wednesday. So if you follow us on Instagram, you would have already known that for a while. 
because I did announce it on Instagram. And if you're not, shame on you. Or, or be one of the people that follows us on Instagram, but then also does not listen to the podcast. That's my favorite. Nope. <laughs> like, why, why do you follow us if you don't listen? But well, hey, at least they're supporting us. I get that. Some of our Instagram content might be better than the podcast content. So, Well, thank you. That's very true. <laughs> you do all the Instagram content. So yeah, you're probably right. Well, that's not what I meant. But <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know what you meant. Twist that knife. Go ahead. <laughs> you forget there's no more shit to kick out of me. Life's already done all that. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah, I just posted this meme or I like sent it to my story or something yesterday. And it was from Amelia Hutchins had posted it on her Instagram. And I thought it was funny because it said, when I said I liked it rough, I didn't mean my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. There's, there's a time and place for everything. There totally is. I get it. All right. So you want to announce uh, the rest of the spiel? Um, th the book we're doing, you mean? Yes. Okay. So the book we're doing is I Married a Lizard Man by Regine Abel. I picked this book because I was fascinated by the cover. Yeah. The cover is a little freaky, but also intriguing. Yeah. It's like, that is, if I, if I were a lizard, I'd be like, that is one attractive, sexy lizard. Uh, okay. <laughs> It's like a humanized lizard almost, like kind of, but he's very, very lizard-ish. So um, before we get too far into the book itself, I just wanted to say that I did like some of the the dedication in the book before the book itself actually started. Did you read that? Mm, maybe not. I don't know. What did it say? Okay. So it was short. It was like two paragraphs. But the thing I liked from the dedication was when the author put, whatever our physical differences, the only true barrier that can keep two people apart is the wall we erect in our minds. Oh, yeah. I did read that. And I also thought it was really good this book had a lot of good general messages i think okay <laughs> <laughs> well shot my wad go ahead um so you want me to start off talking about the book or did you want to start um go ahead okay all right one second well i'm ready if i you you're not ready i can do it no i'm ready okay go ahead i just had to mute myself so i could cough this oh. weather is like i know between the weather and I was literally <laughs> laughing so hard at those rails that I was crying. Oh, so no. <laughs> now, now my sinuses are like all sorts of messed up. Well, at least you're going out in a good way. So this book is dual person POV. So the book starts in Susan's POV. Mm-hmm. Um, our female main character, she is going to a meeting with the prime mating agency at the Harvest Fair in the human colony of Materion. Um, we find out that she is the third daughter of a farming family and according to law, basically completely useless. Yeah, so sad. <laughs> Property rights go from like first daughter, second daughter is like heir and despair, and then third daughter or anybody after is like pointless. She's turning 25 and once she turns 25, if she doesn't have any suitors, which she doesn't, she's going to be forced to leave the family lands and work as an indentured servant. Yeah, so she's pretty... Desperate. She, yeah, she's very desperate. So she's like, let me try to find a mate somewhere else and go on some other prospects because her current prospects are zero. And the sad thing is, I think of all the daughters, she's the most knowledgeable and the best farmer. They don't care how good you are. It all has to do with birth 
order. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about birth order and you have to be careful who you're sleeping with because a man could try to mm. better his station if he knocks you up because of the, how like the property laws work and stuff. So she is going to a meeting with uh, something called a Temern agent. It's like a bird-like species and they're empathic and they excel at making unusual matings happen. So it's like arranged marriage to the extreme. But because he's empathic, they have a very high success rate. Yes. So this guy's name is Kayog, and he tells Susan that her match is an Anturian hunter on uh, the planet Zakania, and his name is Olix. Um, he is the leader of his clan. Mm-hmm. Um, he also tells her that their planet... Zakenia is being overdeveloped and he is hoping that Susan can convince Olix and his people who are all hunters to switch to farming. Mm -hmm. And if she is able to do so, the planet will be successful, immensely wealthy, and more importantly, avoid a famine that they are destined to have. And I had to crack up at this point because he shows her a 3D image and he <laughs> says to her, he is what you would describe as a lizard man. <laughs> He's absolutely a lizard man. Yes. And I think this gives me kind of like Star Wars vibes where you have mm -hmm. humans always interacting with other alien species. Yes, because it's multiple planets that are involved in this. Yeah. And then like her meeting with this guy, he's like a bird species. So right, right. Different species and everything everywhere. Susan has to agree to try this for a minimum of six months mm -hmm. before she could ask for a divorce. And um, she's also kind of desperate. So this is like her last ditch effort. And uh, Kay Yogg also tells her that biologically they're fully compatible. However, his genes are dominant. So any offspring you have will be 100% Anturian in appearance, which means they'll be lizards. <laughs> It's that gave me instant heebie-jeebies. It did, didn't it? Yeah. It was so creepy. I'm like, are they eggs? Don't lizards come from eggs? How do you birth this thing? I don't know. It's creepy. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. But they tell him uh, her background and experience will make you his people's best hope for survival. She finds out in this conversation also that Olix, the person she's been ma mated with, Mm -hmm. was told by a seer on his planet that he would marry an off-worlder who would change the fate of their people. Yeah, that was interesting. I like that we get her point of view from the start, and it's like a business transaction for her, kind of desperate, like her motivation for joining it. And then for Olix, it's kind of mm -hmm. like, well, the seer told me this is what I was doing, so this is what I'm doing. Plus this agent tells her also that you're going to eventually thank me for pairing you with your soulmate. I'm desperate to find this planet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost out of time and I haven't even gotten close to a soulmate. So, okay. They are known for having really, really good success rates. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, their record speaks for themselves. This book right away gave me like married at first sight vibes. Did you feel like that? Because I know we watch that show a lot. No, because that show, nobody stays married. And these people, I, I, I don't think so. 
I don't know. Oh, no, they definitely don't stay together in that show. I just meant like how it comes to be like you list what you want or Mm -hmm. it's like a business arrangement and you leave it up to the matchmakers. Yeah, maybe. And he, you know, he also tells them besides if you can convince them to start forming their land, he owns your mate owns the greatest parcel of land. And you would become even a richer or better heiress than staying here on Metreon if you were the first daughter, right? And she says, or I'll starve right along with them. Uh Uh-huh. It's really a coin toss at this point. She either helps them be wildly successful or she's going to like lose it all with them. But she's so desperate. She's just kind of like, okay, I'll do it. Well, I thought the sad part is she asks him, she says, well, what about Alex? What about him agreeing? And he said... He said he'll take whoever will have him. And so you only need to agree. He's already agreed. Doesn't care at all who he gets or mm-hmm. what species or anything. He has absolutely no qualifications. He's going with this what the seer told him and what this agency is able to provide him with. And then it's this is when I guess we switch to his point of view, right? Yes. Okay. Um, Do you want me to talk about his point of view? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so um, his chapter opens with him heading to the spaceport to meet Susan (laughs) for the very first time. Yes. He's pretty stressed out because of everything that's happening and because he's a leader. His uh, deteriorating situation for his people as a whole. So he's just like generally really stressed out. And it also like turns out that her flight landed... 30 minutes early so then he's extra stressed out because now he's running late to meet her and he's like i'm not going to make a good impression yeah and even though he agreed to it he said when he he's thinking to himself that she looks so strange from the image the agent sent and she's aleless female with a skin the color of honey and head fur the color of turning leaves <laughs> Like, oh, oh, head fur, that's great. Yeah, but then his very next sentence was, how was I even supposed to get aroused by that? I know, (laughs) that's so sad. Oh my God. Yeah, it's funny. (laughs) They finally like meet. Mm -hmm. I did like that it's from his point of view and that he is extremely disappointed in her. Yeah. He also says like, I swallowed back the wave of disappointment that washed over me as I seized the opportunity that she hadn't noticed me yet to study her appearance. She was even smaller and more fragile looking than I expected. A twig would likely be sturdier (laughs) than the female. Her features did nothing for me. Yeah. And her (laughs) skin looked that of a plucked bird. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's not impressed at all. No, not at all. So I kind of liked that because she's really reluctant, but he's also reluctant. And a lot of times in these stories, this is not like an insta attraction love sort of thing. Right. I was glad that the agent accompanied her. He didn't just put her on a plane or a spaceship and say, there you go. Because he has some insight. Yeah, so that agent that um, Kayog is with her for the handoff. And he introduces them to each other. And as soon, you know, he says, it's an honor to meet you, Susan Jennings. As soon as they say hello, they're like, okay, now we have to go to the chapel for the ceremony. So they have to like instantly get married because she needs citizenship. And the only way she can automatically get that is if they're married. I think she's not even allowed to leave like the The airport uh, airport, basically until she's a citizen. So it's very fast tracked. They go straight from the pickup where they meet each other to the registrar's office. They do the paperwork. They get married. Um, This is like the official paperwork ceremony, like the human version. The human, right. 
And, at, you know, at the end of the ceremony, they say you may kiss the bride. And in his head, he's like, I don't know what that term means. What is a kiss? And Susan's all, oh, it's not important. But she starts to blush. And it freaks him out because in his species, when you turn red, it's an indication of rage. Yeah, I highlighted that too. Mm-hmm. So their scales turn different colors kind of based on how they're feeling also. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the red is like anger for them. So he's like, oh, no, I really messed up already again. Yeah. And he, she has to explain to him, I guess, what a kiss is. And he, then he feels bad because he didn't do anything to read up on humans or their customs or anything like that. <sighs> so she spent her entire trip to get to this planet, looking up this species and kind of like getting familiar with them, like anatomy, like culture stuff, like all this stuff. He didn't do any like research for it. And she, I, okay. She, go ahead. Well, like he says, like he only had two days to like prepare for it. But at the same time, it's like he's so disinterested in who he's getting that he didn't even care to like look up anything about humans. I think it's okay. She's very calm and a very kind person. She's goes through this process. I think I think she's less stressed out than he is. Maybe. She explains to him what a kiss is. And then they finally, you know, press their lips together and he says the softness of her lips against my scaly ones really held all my attention. I wish to kiss her again and better assess this experience. So he's enjoying it. He's open to understanding her. He's just stressed. He's got a lot going on. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I give him a pass. Okay. Men are, stu- I, you know, my opinion in general is men are stupid. Uh, maybe that's why. Sorry, I, man, if we have any male listeners, if we have any listeners, um, I apologize. But let me qualify that statement. All the men that I've been with, because I'm not good at picking, are have been stupid. It's hilarious that you're saying this right now, because one of my notes for like the overall thought at the end of our discussion mm-hmm. is that it's good to know that men are stupid no matter what <laughs> planet they're on. It's across the galaxy. <laughs> because uh, like, it was kind of frustrating to me, but okay, I digress. So Kayog ends up filing all the necessary paperwork for them. And then he goes to leave. They go to leave the spaceport and his mode of transportation, they're like a primitive, quote unquote, primitive people. So his mode of transportation is a massive beast of an animal. Well, that may be the other reason he didn't do a lot of reading up on her. Their planet is not technology savvy. And Susan's planet is. So yeah, but they say later in the book that his sister uses technology all the time. And she's like the most progressive of the people in his clan. So they have data pads and stuff like he does use technology later on Mm -hmm. to look up stuff about humans. Okay, so, so this beast is gigantic. Oh, yeah, so the beast is, like, gigantic. I was picturing, like, a huge, like, hippopotamus elephant type thing. Mm-hmm. It sounded huge. Yeah, well, he says to Susan and Kaog, we're going to be riding back on my Morocco. I'm not sure how to say it, back home. And Kaog is the one that looks at him and goes, oh, is that so? He kind of raises an eyebrow because the, the thing is gigantic. So when they get to the thing and she can actually see it, she's like, I, I can't ride that. Like, yeah. I, 
She's like, I don't have, she has to like literally spell it out for him. This is how dumb he is. She's like, I don't have scales on my private parts. Like that thing is going to like destroy my vajayjay. Right. Yeah. I need a saddle. And he's like, saddles are only for younglings. She's like, okay, but still I need a saddle or something Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. I can't ride that. So he goes off to like do something as he goes to leave. He's intercepted by Kaog and Kaog is coming back with a saddle. She should have married him. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. And so he comes back with the saddle and he does apologize for his mistake. Mm -hmm. So they ride back to his village. And when they get there, there's like a ton of these lizard people there to greet them. And goddamn that Geico commercial, because all I could envision through this entire book was that little gecko. Oh, if only these these were little geckos. Yeah, they're not little geckos, but when he's taking her on a tour, I just saw that little gecko in that commercial walking around. And I saw the commercial after I finished the book and I was like, oh, Olick, there you are. Yeah. (laughs) So at this point, she does meet his mother and his sister. Mm -hmm. And it's obviously very overwhelming for her. But she, I think she handled it really well. And the mother is very welcoming and says, welcome daughter. And the sister also welcomes her. And then they instantly grab her by the her upper arms and start luring her away. And she's like, she doesn't know what's happening. And Oleg ex- explains to her, they have to prepare you for our mating ceremony. So now that they're at the village, it's uh, his turn to have his version of the wedding ceremony, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, fine. She like, she knew ahead of time that they were going to do something, but it's still kind of, it's a lot, but like the mom and the sister are very nice to her, like right away, which I liked. Like they're very accepting. I think a lot of people are accepting because they've all know about the prophecy, right? From this year about the off-worlder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so all the people are very uh, good with her, which is nice. Mm-hmm. They do like have the marriage ceremony for his people. Did you have anything specific you wanted to say about this? I was only going to talk about something that happens at the end of the ceremony. Go ahead. No, I don't have anything specific to say. Okay, so they have it's like a binding ceremony. So they have a bunch of stuff that they're doing to like, you know, holding the hands and, um, you know, walking circles around them and having like the I picture like um, sage plants like <laughs> rubbing up and down them. And yeah, so the seer that did this prophecy she's the one doing the ceremony she like takes the little bushel of stuff the plants after she like rubs it up and down their bodies she kind of like taps it on them in different parts of their bodies mm-hmm. well she taps Olix, and of course it doesn't hurt him at all because he's like scaled sure But when she taps Susan on the side, it hurts her because she doesn't have any of this like protective scaling. Susan like jerks her hand out of his hand Mm -hmm. and he gets like really upset that like she broke this, you know, quote unquote circle that they're making. Yeah. He screams at her. No, what, what have you done? And she realized she made a mistake and he's thinking he couldn't even breathe. He couldn't even think. And then he was confused because he 
was vacillating between the fact that his mate had been hurt mm -hmm. and that she let go of his hand. He feels bad that she got hurt, but then at the same time, he's like, oh God, she like fucked everything up already. But she did manage to keep one of her hands in his hand. So the seer says that it's okay. Like, cause even the audience is like freaking out. The seer's like, don't worry. Like they're still holding one hand. So it just means that they'll have a difficult marriage, not an impossible one. Yeah, she, she says it's a breach. Yes, but it's never broken. Mm -hmm. She seek by keeping one hand uh, of his, she's seeking strength and comfort from her mate. So they finish the ceremony, right? Okay, but before they finish the ceremony. Oh, God. So they have to like simulate the mating bite. Yeah. Oh, but then the, um, I think it's the seer that says like your teeth are not going to be strong enough to like bite him in the neck for the mating bite. So she gives Susan like a dagger, like a knife <laughs> thing. She's like, stab him in the neck. <laughs> yeah. And she, oh Susan's like, what? She's really confused and freaked out. And she's like, I, I can't do that. So she ends up, or Olix ends up taking his hand over her hand and like stabbing himself in the neck. In the shoulder, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's shoulder. a little annoyed with her. And he's all, see, that wasn't that hard. Now you just must lick a drop of my blood off the blade yeah so she does but she's like in an ever-progressing panic at this point of yeah. all this weird shit that's happening it's mm -hmm. very overwhelming yeah because then he has to bite her yeah oh and he's like God. it won't harm you it's only gonna be a little sting she's like okay it's a lot um so once that's done then yes they're like officially ceremony over she goes and like changes her clothes or like puts on a dress or something for the uh like basically the reception portion of the event yeah because she's she's cold and their people normally go around naked mm -hmm. well and because so nothing is shown because they have all those scales <laughs> and they have that pocket <laughs> Yes, okay. yes, they do. <laughs> All right. So they it, eat and dance like a normal uh, reception. Mm -hmm. Oh, and you forgot to mention his friend, Zoltar. Were you going to mention him? That he says, you know, your mate looks like a plucked bird. She's super skinny like a thing, like a twig. And he defends her. He says, you don't know what you're talking about. He defends her, but at the same time, he feels bad because he thought the exact same things about her yeah. when he picked her up. <laughs> yes, but at least he kept her, his thoughts to himself. He didn't go around saying it to people. That's true. That would have been even worse if he was like agreeing with that guy. Yeah, and he explains to him that Susan made a, a big sacrifice by undressing for the ceremony, or the sister says it. And that in Susan's world, her body is only to be seen by her mates. And that showing off her reproductive parts to any other male would be a great, just being disrespectful to Oleg. And he liked hearing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very different from what his people do. Mm -hmm. At the end of the reception, they go back to Oleg's chambers. She ends up showering. She goes back to, um, I think they call it a nest, right? The bed? Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay, so she goes back to like the nesting area, talks to him about like mating and what's involved. I kind of liked that, that she's like, okay, I know we're going to do this, but like, can we have this pre-talk beforehand? I really like that. Yeah, she's like, I tried to read up on the their mating rituals and she couldn't find a lot. So uh, she asks him, how do your people go about it? And I laugh so hard because he just 
freaking tells her. And like, well. Well, there's not much to tell. There's not much to tell. The female usually just leans against a wall or over a low surface like a table. Or she'll get on her hands and knees and she lifts her tail and exposes herself to the male. And he just uh, positions himself behind her and penetrates her with his stem. Like, oh my God. She's like, okay, well, it's a little bit different for humans. (laughs) So let's pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, I liked it. So she explains to him that she's a virgin and that when they start to have sex, she might bleed, but like, don't worry about it. This completely freaks him out. Oh my God, I laugh so hard. He goes, why has no my man like tall, like up above man? I love how things are spelled in this book sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He goes, why has no male breached your high man yet? I asked, unable to hide the suspicion (laughs) in my voice. You are a mature female of mating age, right? He's just like, like, yeah, are you a just, child? Yeah, he cannot believe. <laughs> what? <laughs> this whole passage was good. Uh, so she has to explain to him, like, no, I'm about to be 25. Like, talk about embarrassing. She's like, he's worried she's def- <laughs> defective female. Why did nobody on your planet want you? Yeah, no males in her colony deemed her worthy of their attention. <laughs> It's hilarious. Oh my God. So then she kind of tries to explain to him about foreplay. Mm-hmm. And, and he, every time he refers to foreplay, he thinks of it as like the number four. Mm-hmm. He's like foreplay. So then he's like lists off like, okay, well, I know kissing. I think she talks about like um, touching. So she's like, okay, well, kissing and touching, that's only two. And you said four. So what? <laughs> oh, yeah. I need more explanation. She's like, well, we'll figure it out as we go along. Yeah, and she she does get a little embarrassed and tells him, you know, a lot of people, it's a great honor to be the first male to lie with a female on her planet. Um, And she didn't feel like any of them were deserving of it. And he says to her, he's shocked, and he goes, and you deem me deserving of it? And she's like, of course. He says, you honor me, my mate. I, I like the way they talked. Mm-hmm. They did, I did like that they have a lot of like very clear discussions. Yes. Wow. If only all couples could speak so straightforward to each other. Yeah. Like these kinds of conversations are awkward, but they prevent, you know, other problems in the future. Mm-hmm. So they start to like be like, okay, well, time for talking is over. We need to like get to the action portion. <laughs> so he like kisses her and then he's like, Okay, well, that's literally the only move I have. So, like, (laughs) what what do I do now? Yes. Oh, my God. It's so funny. So, they start to do some stuff. His, like, he calls his penis a stem. Yeah, I don't know if this is, like, an actual lizard thing. I don't know. So, (laughs) maybe that's what a lizard penis is called, a stem. I don't know. I was actually very tempted to look up lizard anatomy because of this book. <laughs> I almost did that when we read that snake book. Where, where is a snake penis? How do the snakes do this? Yeah, I was like, this is weird, but I don't know enough about lizards. Should I Google it? But I refrained. I did not Google it. Neither did I, but I thought okay. about it. Yeah. So his like stem comes out of his like cock pocket. Mm-hmm. Of course... She's like, it's huge. 
It's huge. This, this wouldn't be a romance novel if it wasn't huge. Yeah. <laughs> Even if he's a fucking lizard. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. And Just, he goes, you're oh, big. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be pretty tight down there. And he's like, you fear you won't be able to take me? She's like, oh, no. We can begin if you wish. Oh, God. Oh. Yeah. She also says each time we do it will be easier because my body will adjust to you. You know, when they or he starts to undress her, I couldn't even imagine what is it like for her to be standing there and this freaking lizard is taking her clothes off. I would die. I mean, the instant his like scales retracted and his stem came out, I would have flipped the fuck out. But she's very calm. She is very calm. I would have not gone. When I saw his 3D picture of a lizard, I would have been like, no, I'll go be a slave. <laughs> I'll go be an indentured servant. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Next. Mm -hmm. So he does penetrate her and she starts to bleed because of the hymen thing. Mm -hmm. And he like pulls out of her and like sees like the blood on like the towel <laughs> or the sheet under her. Mm -hmm. He like grabs it and walks out. Yeah. And she's like, the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah. He's like gone for a little while and she's like uh, laying, she's like laying in the bed with like her legs spread and she's like, I don't know what to do. Like, why did he just walk out right now? He comes back in the room and they start going at it again, like right away. Mm -hmm. And they just immediately start fucking. And to me, I'm like, she doesn't even question him. Like, where the fuck did you go? She literally has no questions for him. They just, I guess she's so amped up on her like excitement that she's just like, okay, like, let's do this. Or she's in shock and freaked out and doesn't know what's happening. Yeah, maybe. So um, they do it. Of course, it's good. Yeah. And uh, she wakes up the next day um, and she's alone <laughs> in the room. Mm -hmm. So she ends up eating breakfast and she heads out side of the their rooms i don't remember what they call like their place the common area yeah i don't know so while she's out there she before she can meet up with olix to see what he's up to she um gets con not confronted but like she gets intercepted by her mother-in-law mm -hmm. and their interaction goes from like okay to like harsh and very awkward like kind of quickly mm-hmm because Susan's like trying to ask about the farming versus the hunting. And the mother-in-law is very like, don't talk about that. Like, we don't do that here. Like, shuts her down almost instantly. Yeah, because she's thinking there's an outdoor market there. And one of the species on the planet that frequents the tourist resorts is called a Bansingi. Basingi, and they're very wealthy. And they like to show off their wealth. So... She starts asking because they make, they create all these beautiful handwoven things. And she's like, do you ever sell or trade for food by the gatherers? She's like, no. We would never. Mm -hmm. We are not farmers. This planet reminds me of like Hawaii almost. Or like... <laughs> And like an island in like South America, because it's supposed to be like tropical island. You have a lot of the native people, which is like Olix and his people. Mm -hmm. But then you also have a lot of the resorts and tourists coming in. And it's supposed to be like the perfect weather conditions for farming, which is why the uh, Kayog guy was trying to say to her like, the farming would be really good here because the land is so fertile, but that's just not what the people that live there do right now. So try to like convince them to switch from the hunting to the farming. Yeah. And the mother-in-law is very concerned that Susan with these wild ideas is going to make her son look weak in front of the rest of the tribe. 
that after this interaction that she has with the mother-in-law, then we switch to Olix's point of view. Mm-hmm. And um, he ends up explaining to Susan about the background of his people and um, in terms of the farming that they used to do Mm -hmm. and why they don't do it anymore. I'm not really sure why this didn't come up when she was doing research on the species, maybe because this didn't happen to everyone in the species, but it sounds like it happened to everyone on the planet. So I don't know. This is all like brand new news to her. Mm -hmm. But basically what happened was prior like say a hundred years that's not correct but just assume a hundred years another like alien species came to the planet enslaved the Anturian people and forced them to become farmers and it was you know not good for the land not good farming practices it was very like harmful for the people the the native people so that's like why they do not want to farm at all like they associate farming with the horrible things that happened to them in the past Mm -hmm. that's not a great news for her no it's not at all and she's like uh she's thinking this is gonna be harder than i thought it was gonna be and then she just kind of looks at this leather harness he's wearing. Yes, I completely forgot to put that in my notes. But Get yes, out. I, no, I definitely want to talk about this, but I forgot to. I put too much in this about the um, the uh, farming and the slavery for this chapter. So go All ahead right. and tell about the harness and his stuff. Okay, so she's looking at him and her eyes get huge and she's looking at this leather harness that's he's wearing and he puffs out his chest and he's really proud and he's all I woke up at dawn and labored all morning on this and she's like is is that blood and he's all yes he says proudly your gift to me I he cut up the sheets that were bloody and treated them with some something that will keep the blood from fading and then he put the pieces and some kind of resin to seal them forever. And she's like, wow. (laughs) This whole thing disgusted me. I I laughed my ass off. I thought, oh my God, he's such an idiot. He, yeah. She's like, you're wearing my virgin blood. And he goes, of course, I'm going to carry this special piece of you everywhere I go. And all the other males are already dying with envy. And she just kind of laughs. This whole interaction was so bizarre to me because, okay, first of all, let's just talk basic female anatomy. I refuse to believe that after 25 years of hard labor on a farm, she still has a fucking hymen. But okay, so she's supposed to still have a hymen when they have sex. But then she's also supposed to have bled so much during their first interaction that he has so much blood on the sheets. That he can make this vest thing. He has like all these different like accessories made with it. I think I swear it went into like 10 different items. <laughs> like how much did she bleed with his gigantic lizard stem? Why, do Why I am I saying these words right now? Like what yeah. the fuck kind of books do we read by the way? <laughs> I don't know. What are the words coming out of my mouth? (laughs) I don't know. But I was like, oh, my God. But, you know, again, she just kind of laughs and says, well, I'm glad it pleases you. She's very easygoing. Easygoing. Okay, we'll go with that. All right. (laughs) Okay, let's keep going here. Oh, so when they're talking, she does ask about some land that he has like in like the back area that's not being used for anything. And there's two abandoned buildings. Mm -hmm. And this is like remnants from when they 
did used to be farmers during that slavery period. Mm -hmm. And she asks if she could use the land and the buildings because she is a farmer and she has to explain to him like that she, this is how she grew up. This is what she likes to do. But more than that, because she's a human, she words it as like, I'm going to miss the foods from my home planet. So like, can I spend my time doing this farming, uh, growing foods and things that I can eat that remind me of my home planet? Well, the other thing is she's having her personal belongings shipped there. And there's a lot of farm equipment, I guess that she had and seeds and other farming things. And she wants to be able to use them. And she explains, you know, like you said, about this is, you know, I want to be able to eat my food. I could you imagine not eating the things that you like the most for the rest of your life? And he's, he's nervous about it. But he's like, okay, I guess is, you know, just try to work inside the building as much as you can, because the other my clansmen are going to see you and they're gonna start to worry. And then he asks her, how much land do you think you need? And when she tells him, he's like, what? And she's all, I know it looks big to you, but I have multiple things I want to grow. And, you know, I want to rotate things for the seasons of when they are av available. And he finally gives in and says, okay. He doesn't know anything about farming because they don't do it. So yeah, she does a really good job of explaining to him, like, I can't just grow like one thing because then I'll only be able to eat like every three weeks. So I yeah. have to, things have to be in a rotation and I have mm -hmm. to have a variety and this is what I want to do. So he agrees. Um, she does get all her stuff. Like you said, it was a lot of the farming stuff, which she has a shocking amount of stuff considering she was the third daughter <laughs> and supposedly unimportant and nothing on her home planet so yeah i thought the same thing i thought oh shit well it's all right it works out in the book so she um ends up starting seedlings she gets some help from olix's sister um his sister does like building and stuff like that mm -hmm. so she asks her to help her make these racks for her seedlings and the whole time i was reading this part of the book all i could kept picturing was like martha stewart and her shows from her greenhouse uh -huh. <laughs> and all the stuff that she does with mm -hmm. the seedlings and all of it i yeah i like this part because i'm really into growing things and gardens and blah 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 so i like the whole you know her the sister-in-law says i can help you build all this stuff and she's super excited and she's going to grow mushrooms and all potatoes and all these other things. Her, the sister-in-law is much more open. She is like the young hip mm -hmm. sister who like uses the technology and embraces yeah. the progress and the modernization. Whereas like everyone else is not to use like a lizard pun, but they're like old dinosaurs who don't mm -hmm. want change. <laughs> right. And even if, she's successful with it. She's going to turn them on to some of her food and kind of slowly introduce them to things that she does, right? Yeah, but I think she has to like do it so sneakily that she's like, well, I'm just growing stuff for myself. Mm -hmm. You know, but on the inside, she's like, yeah, I'm going to like trick them into trying it. So is she being sneaky or is she being smart and wise and understanding of how they need to be approached from this? No, she's being smart about it. Mm-hmm. But because she's doing it like behind their back, like she's just gonna, mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to convince them when you have like a table full of food. 
mm-hmm. than it is to just say like, oh, I could have these things. Like put right. your money where your mouth is. Mm-hmm. And the, she, the sister-in-law ends up telling her, as long as it doesn't hurt my brother, I'll assist you in any ploy you come up with to help us move forward. Yeah, I really like the sister. She's a good like ally for the yeah. reason to have. Mm-hmm. Then we go to Olix's point of view. So he's finally using technology to look up stuff about humans. Mm -hmm. And what does he land on for his research? (laughs) Pornography. Oh my God. It was so funny. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, okay. (laughs) I did like that. He, he does the like having absolutely no background knowledge on (laughs) like human sexuality or like mating rituals or pornography. I can really appreciate how horrified he gets. (laughs) Yeah. From some of the shit that he sees. A little freaked out about blowjobs and licking each other's genitals. But there's other, but he's willing to try it. But there's other things where he's like, I'm not even doing that. And it's one of them is urinating on a girl. <laughs> and I'm like, oh God. And then he finds a little bondage and he's like, that's intriguing. I may have to experiment with that. Yeah. It's, yeah, I think it's very funny. And then he reads up on something called the Kama Sutra. Which, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, this guy really is getting indoctrinated. Yeah, he thinks to himself, like, I'm interested to follow up on that. It's like, well, you're going to be spending a lot of time following up on that because isn't there a ton of shit in that? Oh, yeah. Um, so that was kind of funny. Um, so then she comes back. I, I think he was doing it like in their room or something. I, I don't remember what happens, but they They're, end up having sex and having yeah. oral. Doing yeah. oral. He's, he's like, as soon as he sees her sitting at the common area where they all eat together, he's giving her these hot, steamy looks. And Susan's like, what's going on? But, you know, she's liking it. And as soon as they're done eating, he doesn't care he just picks her up and takes her to their their room or whatever and everybody's looking at him and he's like no i don't even care he takes (laughs) her in the shower and he's fisting her her head fur at the nap of her neck and susan's moaning they're really getting into it i've got to applaud him for his uh researching and initiating (laughs) (laughs) what goes down between them putting the research into practice yes um, he does have a forked tongue, so that is worth mentioning. So when he does start to go down on her, that's kind of a fun little thing for her. Oh, that's funny because I read that as he didn't have a no, fork. He, he, does? he does. Yeah, because when they were when they actually like French kiss, mm-hmm. he's like, "Wow, her tongue is so weird." And um, yeah, he has a forked tongue. He doesn't put a lot of emphasis into it mm-hmm. when they're doing things, but mm-hmm. she ends up going down on him. Yeah, she reciprocates. <laughs> he, is that all you're gonna say? <laughs> no, it's like he okay. he like grabs her hair and he's getting really into it, and he pushes his dick into her mouth and she starts panicking a little bit and choking and he's like oh i'm so sorry i'm so sorry and she's like oh it's okay i do like that you're pointing out that their oral sex first time ends poorly Mm -hmm. i did appreciate that because it's not always the first time is fantastic (laughs) so (laughs) yeah i kind of like that and she's also like she's never done this before i don't think has she 
I can't remember if she's ever done oral herself, but no. And you know what? There's a lot of times I've been with people and I'm like, you know what? The first time's a throwaway. Let's just do it. <laughs> yeah. Let's just get the first time over with. So the yeah. next time is a little better. Mm -hmm. So I did like that. That was kind of realistic in this book. Yeah. So then the story continues, just kind of like general things happen for a little while. Their week schedule is like seven days a week. But for them, it's like two days of work, one day of rest, two days of work, one day of rest. So it's just kind of Susan getting used to that on the rest. They call it the rest day, like because it's not a weekend. So the, mm -hmm. on the rest day, her and Olix go swimming. That's kind of fun to see. Mm -hmm. On the rest day, everybody rests and they all spend time together relaxing. Susan ends up using some of that farming equipment that she had brought to the planet with her. There's some pretty large machines that are kind of doing the digging of the dirt and like the planting of seeds and stuff for her. Mm -hmm. So the people there get to see her farming, but not the like back breaking labor farming that they did. This is like the new and improved industrial farming almost. Right. So one of the things that Susan is growing on the farm is a type of berry and she's growing the berry because that was a gift to her from Kayog in her um, a delivery of uh, farming stuff, he sent some of these like berries or some of the seeds, I guess they were. And they are a favorite of one of the um, species on the planet that you named earlier. Now I'm blanking on the name of what they are called. If she sells these berries at this market that they have, she could probably make a lot of money because they're hard to grow. It takes a very skilled farmer to grow them. Mm -hmm, they're, they're hard to find fresh on that planet. Yeah, they're Del their delicacy a delicacy for that species right so she's doing that olix had gone off with um some people from the clan to go on a hunting trip and i think it was almost two two weeks or so that he was on the hunting trip yeah we forgot to mention that the herds are disappearing so it's getting harder and harder for them to hunt they're having to go out further and they're having to stay out longer to try to find animals to hunt there's not uh, as much game as there used to be. And the bad thing is that developers are coming to the planet and they're making offers to these hunting clans to buy their land. And they're getting pushed to the point where they're, you know, they may be starving and they may end up having to sell their land to help pay for food for their clans people. Yeah, so Olix returns from a hunt and because they either get their food from this like market that only happens once a month or they get their food from the hunting trips that they do. Mm -hmm. So he returns from the hunting trip and he's in like a crappy mood and it obviously didn't go well. Right. But he also returns on the day of the market. So like she doesn't have that much time to talk to him about what's going on and mm -hmm. everything's and she's like really set on like I have to sell these berries. We've got to get to market. Like this is go time for me. Yeah. So of course at the market, her berries are an overwhelming hit with this other species. Mm -hmm. She devises a way of having a sale on the berries so that the, she can also help the other clans because those people in the clan 
are um, crafters. They do a lot of native crafts. They do like jewelries. They'll do like weapons, things of that nature. So she devises a way to get her berries to sell while also helping the other things at the market sell for the clan as a whole. Everyone's super happy at the end of the day. She made a ton of money at the market. It's like the best they've ever done. And that night they go back to the um, village and she cooks a meal for them to share because every night they do like a shared meal. So she cooks a meal for the villagers to share using the food that she had farmed that she wants them to try. Um, They end up loving it. She also used some of the spices that they use in their like native food to kind of tailor it to their tastes and what she thinks they would like. Um, I think she says like the mushrooms are a huge hit. Everyone loved the mushrooms. They all want more. And (laughs) what? Have you been talking this whole time? Yes. I've been gone. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, but the dog started barking. I swear to God, one, my phone never rings to the point where I think I don't know anyone and why do I even have a phone? And two, no one ever comes to my door. So what's happening today? My phone's ringing off the hook. Mm -hmm. UPS has come numerous times. My dogs are losing their mind. So I thought it would take me just a second to run out there. And I had to end up locking up Mr. Big. So sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I don't, I have no idea what you're saying. Obviously. <laughs> it's good well, though, that you can carry this. See, you don't even need me in a podcast. Well, I was like, it's kind of weird that she's been muted for so long, but I'm like, I'm like, that's okay. Okay. I'm not really saying anything important. I just figured the dog was barking in the background. Okay. So where, where are you? I don't even know where you are at this point. I'm so sorry. So now I'm at the end of chapter 15. Okay. I I talked about how well she did at the market. Oh yeah. She did great. I talked about the meal that she cooked that everybody loved at the village. Yeah. How he's blown away by her food production. Mm -hmm. And her like thoughtfulness of making the meals something that they would really like. Mm-hmm. And it goes so well that like people even offer to like help her build more things to grow more mushrooms and have more like produce and stuff come out of it. Yeah, it goes really well. It goes so well that at the end of the night, Olix ends up like fucking the shit out of her like yeah. several times. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Apparently the way to any man's heart, regardless of species, is through their stomach. Because he's very appreciative. Very. So things are going well for a while. I think it's at this point that some of the people offer to do like um, a new building for her. Is that at this point? Mm, Yes. Yeah. So some of the builders there offer to make her like a storefront and another greenhouse, right? Yes. So they offer to make her a storefront closer to the, um, like a launch pad or spaceport pad or whatever they have there, Mm -hmm. like their version of a highway, basically. Yeah. She gets a storefront in this area so that she could sell the berries more often and that people can visit from the like a more uh, metropolitan areas to their like rural area and purchase the produce. A lot of the native species that really liked the berries at the market asked for other things to be grown and sold to them as well. The Bosinjis. 
Yes, thank you. I could not think of the name. She's really expanding her farming and really turning it into a business. So things are going really well for them. At some point when they're in her store, I believe it is, somebody comes in, it's a human, a human male. Mm -hmm. He comes in and he tells her and Olix that they are basically being sued for defamation and for like um, things that they have said against the resorts. But did you say, well, because I was gone, I don't know what you said. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, did you say that the resorts are selling these crafted items at this farmer's market and passing them off as handmade by the natives that live on yeah authentic and they're not i did not say that yeah so that's why they're the guy is now the lawyer is now coming saying this is deformation of character you're telling people these things and she's like well i'm not lying it's i'm telling them the truth they are selling knockoffs so yeah and they're the ones in the wrong yeah and they had already consulted a lawyer and educated themselves on what they could do now they get kind of into this like legal situation and for Olix and his people some of the laws are different or do not apply to them because they are the native species of the planet yeah i love this so the resort guy lawyer mm-hmm. is trying to say like you're going against these things and then Olix is like well actually we're not because for us the mm-hmm. laws are a little different so um they just kind of have a little bit of back and forth and then the lawyer guy ends up leaving after he gets so pissed off that he doesn't because he's not instantly able to shut down Olix and like scare them off almost yeah, Olix is smart, been educated enough by the lawyer that they know what they can and cannot do. And he's furious that this guy is threatening his mate and he tells him to get off his land and I dare you to sue me. Good luck to you because it's not going to happen. Yeah, so that happens. But then also what happens in this chapter is that um, Susan tries to convince Olix to expand the farming even more. Mm-hmm. Um, But his people are still not willing to do the farming themselves. So she came up with the idea that they could hire farmers and people to work the lands and then also like provide them a place to live in exchange for them getting a wage and working these jobs. Yeah, she's going to start by offering these jobs to the third daughters are farm from from farming lands that want to be farmers, but because they're not the first daughter, they have no land. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their other alternative again would be to be an indentured servant. I actually really liked this plan because yeah. she's Since she's not able to convince Olix and his people to help with the farming, this was kind of a good compromise. Mm -hmm. I thought so too. Yeah, they can take the money from the like farmer's market thing that they do and the profits and use it towards the workers to keep it going. So then the lawsuit gets dropped very quickly because Olix was right. They are okay and what they're doing is fine. And then it goes even a step further. Now the resorts are no longer selling those knockoff items Mm -hmm. and they get in trouble themselves. Like they opened that can of worms and it backfired on them. Yes, good. Susan goes on them 
with on like a hunting expedition, right? Yes. I think that's what it was. Yeah. So Susan goes with them on a hunting expedition the next time they end up going. And while they're going on the hunting thing, everyone starts acting very weird. And they're like literally looking at plants and saying like, there's nothing here for us to take because mm -hmm. they would take like root vegetables and things from the forest. It was the gatherers. She went with the gatherers to look for oh, the this. gatherers. That's yeah. Right, not the hunters, the gatherers. Mm -hmm. She's like, what? Why is everyone saying like, there's nothing here? And so she like takes out her like data pad tablet thing. And she's able to run a couple tests on things and take a couple pictures. And it's comes apparent to her that people are hallucinating. Yeah. As they're walking in the forest mm -hmm. and she herself starts to feel kind of sick while she was in there. There was like, um, looked like mushrooms on the trees and she's like well this looks very similar to i think it was something that they eat themselves but she's like but i don't think it is so she ran a test on it using her data pad yeah i love this thing yeah and it so it comes back once the results come in that it's actually like an invasive species mm -hmm. that is not native to that planet and they're able to do some research to kind of figure out where it started and what's causing it. And they come to the conclusion that they think the resorts mm -hmm. are the ones that planted this invasive species. These things are what's causing the wildlife to disappear or move on migrate right. somewhere else. Yes. And that the resorts were doing all of this in a hope to force Olix and his people to sell their lands to Evil them. Evil bastards. That's kind of the end of the book. And then we have the epilogue. The epilogue is ties up things kind of well. It's like mm -hmm. they're able to beat the like horrible polluting monster corporations. Um, I think all the resorts end up having to leave the planet, don't they? Because they like violated a bunch of treaties. I'm not sure if they had to leave the planet, but they have to pay a Out lot, yin, a lot yin, of yeah. money. Yeah. <laughs> and they're sued by this government, that organization that keeps an eye on the planet. So they have very deep pockets to go after the bad guys. Okay. And once they're able to eradicate this horrible mushroom that's causing all of this the animals come back everybody's happy they're able to hunt again the people they hired to farm are farming away and they're happy on the planet and what else happens in this epilogue so one of the third daughters that came to the planet is getting married mm -hmm. so the epilogue is actually told from both of their perspectives mm -hmm. it starts in susan's and then it ends in his mm -hmm. And she's pregnant with their first baby. Mm -hmm. And she has the baby. Of course, the labor is hard for her. Yeah, and he's um, freaking out. He's freaking out. But a lot of the people that are there with him are saying, like, don't worry about it. Like, this is perfectly normal for a human delivery. And he's like, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, we all wanted to know about her because she's our clan leader's, like, wife, co-clan leader or whatever her official title is. It's so sweet. They're like, yeah, they're like, we all read up on human pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So like, we know that this delivery is okay. Like, stop worrying. We've all so got So she her. has the baby. It's yeah. a little boy. Mm -hmm. A lizard man a lizard. boy. <laughs> um, do you want to say what the baby's name or is, should I? Go ahead. His name is Geico. <laughs> really? Oh my God, I laughed. But because she tells him. <laughs> she wanted to have a name that was paying tribute to Kayog. So they like named the baby Geico. 
because they just rearranged the letters of like Kaog's name, basically. I, I thought it was funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the book ends. Yeah. So, uh, but she does tell him there's an adorable lizard on earth that's called a gecko. And okay. once, once he heard that, he's like, okay. And they finally tell each other they love each other. Okay. And, I, I didn't even realize that they hadn't done it before then. Yeah. And he, they had mentioned a couple of times in the book, I know my mate doesn't love me, but you know, we're very, we're getting to know each other and I'm sure it will grow into that. And so at the very end, they say they love each other. Okay. So what did you think of this book? I, I hate to do this, but I actually did not like this book. What? <laughs> I, did, I did not like this book, like at all. <laughs> and I know this is like shocking because I'm usually like really like the books. Yeah. But I, I didn't like it. Why? <laughs> so I actually didn't like it for like a few reasons, but I did not like Olix. I thought he was annoying. Um, it's because you're married. His, what? Because you're married. And I think all guys are annoying. Is yes, that what you mean? That's exactly what I mean. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, he trusts the seer enough to um, go off of what she says for the future mate prediction to get the off-planet mate. Mm-hmm. But then once he gets the off-planet mate, and he knows that this off-planet mate is supposed to, like, save his species, save his people, he doesn't put any faith in her or let her like really do anything to help his species. I'm like, okay, why did you trust the seer about the off planet mate? But then you're not trusting. I don't agree with that. that you get. Yeah. I don't agree with that at all. He gives her the land. He's of course he's weary because he's got to balance his, his people freaking out. And the seer did say she was going to help, but the seer didn't say how. Well, yeah, but then <clears throat> He gives her the land, but he specifically tells her, like, you need to do as much as you can in the greenhouse so my people don't see you. He's, like, not happy about giving her the land. I don't know. I just, that kind of, like, irked me about him. I did not like that he didn't look up anything about humans at all. Okay. And then when he finally did, all he looked up was porn. I'm like, really? <laughs> he's a real he's a man. What do you want? He wanted to see, he was looking up how to please her. What was he supposed to look up? The Declaration of Independence? What? When she's having the baby and all the other people are like, we looked up pregnancy and labor. It's like, it sounds like he didn't look up any of that because he's like <laughs> shocked that it's okay what she's going through. I took that as he's shocked that his whole clan likes her, loves her so much as the clan mistress that they all did research. Sure, he did. I, I think a lot of men nowadays, granted, when you were born, you know, men didn't do anything, but except impregnate you. But I think men, even nowadays, they can read all they want. But when the person you love is get in labor, men do freak out. Okay. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, when you were in pre, when you, the second time I was in the labor room with you and I, as your mother, I can tell you, I didn't know your child yet, but I knew my child and I knew my child was struggling and it was very difficult for me. And mm -hmm. I had a child, so I think you need to cut him a little more slack, but you know, you're entitled to your opinion. So go ahead. Okay. I did not get Susan at all. I'm not going to just 
shit all over Olix. I didn't like Susan either. Why? <laughs> she was like a, a robot, unfeeling Stepford wife to me. Uh, the whole, like, her reactions were so bizarre. And, like, when they had sex and he disappeared and came back, she literally didn't ask him any questions. There wasn't conflict in this book. I will give you that. The conflict was between all of them and the resort people. There was no conflict between the partners it's not even just conflict it's just like her reactions to things were so bizarre to me like when she i don't know if she was supposed to react that way because she had no other choice because that's this the way was i her, took like, it desperate attempt but i'm like she's not even like it was just unnatural like she sees all the like hymen blood on his clothing and she's just like oh, well, that's okay. I'm like, she's not even like freaked out or she doesn't think it, I don't know. It was just kind of weird to me. I cannot believe of all the freaking books, you, how many panties did you give this book? I'm not even done with my complaints yeah. about the oh, book. Oh, I, I know, I'm sure. I, I, can, I, I give this book two panties, if even. That is probably the lowest rating you've ever given a book ever of all the books you've read. And I just am blown away. But go ahead. Do you want to keep complaining about other things? Go ahead. I'm dying to listen. I actually want to just say what my actual complaint about this book was. Oh, all right. Olix and Susan aside, there was like no character depth to them, really. I didn't like this book because it was very heavy on the like colonialism, colonization, are we pro-modernization or anti? I felt like it was really preachy at times. Susan had like basic white girl who literally means nothing on her home planet is the savior of this species on this planet. Like, okay, that's a pretty big superiority complex for her to have. I don't know. I felt like there was so much emphasis on that and the farming and what the corporations were doing to the people that maybe it was more plot heavy than character heavy. And that's why I didn't like it because I didn't really connect with anything. Okay. Is it my turn? Yes. Go ahead. Tell me. Okay. I am the polar opposite of you is that yes, this is an easy read to some extent. I, and yes, they did. I thought there was a lot of messages in this book about what we're doing to our planet and corporations, what they're doing and technology and how money is not everything. There are other things that are more important. I kind of understood her plight of she had to make a go of this because what else did she have? I, I really enjoyed the character development between the two of them. I love the fact that they were so open and honest in, with each other. Sure, he was kind of stupid in the beginning, but I think he had a lot on his plate, the whole um, trying to keep all of the clans from selling their land. The, the animals are disappearing. So they're running out of food. The farming opening farming up to his people was just basically out of the question. Even if they said multiple times in the book, they would probably rather starve to death than become farmers. I love gardening and I love planting, so the whole storyline of her developing these things and how exciting it was when they sprouted, I, I totally get it. I walk my garden every day. I have 350 different kinds of tall bearded irises and many other plants. I took my plants with me when I moved. 
and planted them in where I'm living now. I walk my garden every day because it's blooming season. It is incredibly exciting to me. So I could relate to her excitement of the mushrooms growing and growing the potatoes and all that other stuff. It wasn't a heavy read as far as plot development. I will give you that. But I gave this book, I had a very hard time with the fact that the lizard was touching her and having sex with her. <laughs> so that kind of, that creeped me out. But I, okay. did, I did give this book, um, four, I gave it three stars. Okay. I I liked it. I liked how they were both physically willing to learn about each uh, each other's customs and sexual preferences. Okay. Yeah. I did like that kind of stuff about it. And the humor was pretty good in their mm-hmm. like, differences and trying to figure things out. So you actually didn't rate it that much higher than I did. Well, you like, know usually, me, usually four is, yeah, four is my highest, usually, unless it's outstanding. And so the fact that it was a lizard, I kind of knocked, I had to knock it down to three. Okay. All right. I think just really unexpected for me <laughs> that yeah. it was, I thought I was going to not like this book because he was a lizard. And I did not think that I was going to be able to like get past the fact that he was like a lizard and she was a human. Mm-hmm. But that really never like factored into me when I was reading it. I just started to get frustrated with him overall because of how he was acting, not because he was a lizard. And then the like social commentary aspect of it really was like dragging me down. Well, yeah, there's a lot of shit going down in the world, but I think we have to, we have to keep our eyes open. And I think that she was just trying to bring that to the forefront. And yeah, I I see your point, but I, everything you didn't like in the book was reasons why I liked it. Yeah. And I will say that it's like, it is kind of refreshing and unexpected to have a book like this where maybe you're thinking it's going to be like a fluffy read. I had literally no idea what was going to happen in the book other than like the basic premise from the blurb. Mm -hmm. So to have it actually have all this depth to it and what it was trying to convey in its message was pretty cool. Yeah. I can't believe you're rating this book lower than you rated the unicorn book. Well, you know, I'm just keeping you on your toes. Jesus. You know, honestly, if we were not reading this for the podcast, I would have stopped reading this book. I would not have finished it. And I probably wouldn't have finished the unicorn book, but it was so, it was like a train wreck. I just had to keep reading that one to see what the hell would happen next. All right. Well, I'm a little disappointed and I feel like I'm never picking a book again. No, it's okay. It's, it's all right. I don't know anything about the next book in this series. I think it's a bird man. But other than that, I don't know, like, if the plots may be completely different. I think every book is just starts from the same matchmaking service mm-hmm. that Kayog was from. I think he's like the only connector between each book in the series. I think so I, maybe the next book is completely different. Who knows? I think I liked the fact that this book was different than a lot of the other books we read because sure there was the mating aspect of it, but there was a social statement too. It wasn't mm-hmm. the same old stuff that we read over and over again in romance books. Yes, I will give it that. And I did like that they came together mm-hmm. through a business transaction. That yeah. was refreshing. It wasn't like a spaceship crashed on the planet or it wasn't like they locked eyes with each other and instantly. Yeah, it was a mind made thing. Yeah, it was different. Yeah. So do you want to reevaluate your rating? No, I would not. Oh, but God. Thank you for All right. the chance. 
All right. I gave it three panties. Yeah. And I'll give it two. That's oh, fine. Jesus. That's okay. okay. All right. <laughs> I've got to go sulk now for the rest of the day. It's, oh, no. <laughs> but the, I can't win because I always rate things high. And then you're like, what do you not like? And then I actually rate something kind of low. And then you're like, I can't believe you rated it low. So I'm like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. That's fine. I just, oh, by the way, I can't babysit for you on Saturday. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That's not nice. Okay, fine. Just because I want to see my granddaughter, I will. Yeah, okay. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so is there anything else you want to talk about? No. Um, other than the book? Or should we oh. just name what's next? I think we should name what's next. Okay, so our next book is called Night Hunter by Katerina Martinez. It's is on Kindle Unlimited and the book is less than 200 pages long, which I'm excited for because I need a book that's short for our reading challenge because like I said, I'm doing our reading challenge. <laughs> yeah, and I have a short book because I got my signed copy of J.R. Ward's book called Lover Arisen, which is the mm -hmm. 20th book in her series. And I have got to read it. And it's long. Yeah, I've seen that all over Instagram lately. Everyone's so excited for it. Well, this is the thing that's really insane. I bought a signed and she actually put my name in it. I love it because I, I put in the note when I ordered it, you could put a note to the author. And I said, if you put my name in the book, I will lose my mind. And she, <laughs> she did. <laughs> so I'm neurotic about my books. So even though I bought the hard copy and I love it, I'm going to download it because I cannot crack the spine on this book. Maybe this is hereditary because I won't read the books that I own either. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I, I can't do it. I used to do it, but now that I can download them. No, and I have uh, the um, Ruby Dixon signed books too. I, mm -hmm. I can't crack those spines. No, I've downloaded all those books. The only spines we're cracking at this point are our own. That's right. <laughs> Especially after moving my sofa out of the way today for my new sofa. I certainly did. I totally buy books to display them on my bookcase <laughs> at like I would buy a piece of art mm -hmm. and display the artwork in my house. Like I buy it. I just put it on there. It looks pretty. But if yep. I want to read it, I'm going to also pay for the digital version mm -hmm. or try to get it from the library just admit that books are your tchotchkes you have no they, tchotchkes. they really are yeah you have no tchotchkes yeah. in your house your books are your tchotchkes i have like a minimalist sort of house except for in the dame dungeon where i have all the books i have all the fan art for sjm on my walls mm. and i'm polar opposite i have crap everywhere Thank God I have two granddaughters that will take my crap when I'm gone. Mm -hmm, that's right. Okay. I'll good. take I'll take some of it. All right. I'll you'll take some. my books, I'm sure. Yeah. Give me that Jar Horror book. <laughs> <laughs> give, that map though that you got was kind of cool. <gasps> oh my god, it's the It's not a map. What am I saying? It Blueprint. Is, it's the floor plan. Floor of, plan, thank I'm you. I'm so freaked. I didn't want to post a picture of it because I'm like, I'm this is private. I'm going to do it. <laughs> this is private <laughs> well i don't want to she didn't say that she was sending that out i had no idea that was coming but yeah i love it because now i can see the floor plan of the mansion that all the black dagger brothers live in mm -hmm. uh so i gotta get that framed and hung up on the wall next to our 
magazine interview. Yeah, I love it. Okay. All right, let me do the wrap up because Chess. last week I completely <laughs> forgot. That's fine. Go right ahead, babe. I realized when I was editing last week's episode that I never did the wrap up. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah, it's all right. I need to just record the wrap up separately like I did the intro and then I can just slap it on. Oh, the yeah. End. And but, I, you should. Yeah. And I love the fact that we live in a world where we have listeners. I do, too. Mm. It is exciting. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On that note, yes. thank you, listeners. Yeah, thank you. If you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, that would be great. Um, follow us on Instagram at Bonded Books Podcast. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, I will post updates there. So that is a good place to get info outside of just having listening to the episodes. It's not like we have a website. So like most of our info dumping for you guys is going through the Instagram page. Right. Um, Facebook group is the parlor. Like always, I'm going to put a link to all of this stuff in the show notes. And if you have book suggestions, we are always open. No humans, please. That's our only thing. Like yes, no rules. One human and one something else yes. is what we like. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> so email those suggestions to bondedbookspodcast at gmail.com. Yay. Ta-da. Ta-da. Ta-da.